Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. I've, I've positioned myself in a way so that you can see Ace and Eddie behind me. And uh, so they're my security tonight. If anyone breaks into the house, if there's any viruses or anything like that, uh, they're going to take down the virus quicker than you can say the Lord lives. That's how skilled they are. And uh, But it's really great to have them. I love these guys. And, uh, you know, they just have a great hunger to grow. And uh, it's just fun. Look at them. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just great. We've been to uh, McDonald's before we came here. We met at McDonald's, got a coffee, and here we are. All right. So it's 7.05. I want to run a tight ship. And uh, we're just going to believe for the supernatural. I just want you to know that my heart is prepared. I'm prayed up. I'm expectant that every single one of us will have a a personal encounter, not only with uh, uh, the Word of God, uh, but also the the presence of the Holy Spirit. So so not only do we want to have a personal encounter with God's Word, but we want to have a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. The beautiful thing about the presence and the power of God is that, uh, you know, the psalmist, he said, he said that the whole earth is full of his glory. When we look at the glory of God, the glory of God is made up of the presence and the power of God. It was King David uh, who said, uh, where can, he said, God, where, where can I run from your presence? He said, if I make my bed in heaven, you'll be there. If I go to the the deepest parts of the sea, you'll be there also. And uh, so we can't run from God's presence. We are in his presence all the time. We're just not always aware of it. And God wants us to be aware, aware of his presence. And so I'm believing right now that wherever you are, we've got different people uh, around the nation and we've got some others uh, joining us from Africa and India in a few moments time. Obviously, they're just running a bit late, but it doesn't matter where you are. You can encounter the fellowship of the Holy Spirit right there. And so I'm actually believing that we can feel that right now. And uh, I'm just going to pray. And uh, then we're going to launch into uh, the one-to-one app, okay? Uh, So let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this gathering of uh, people online here tonight. And I thank you for every single person. And that, Lord, you have a great plan, a divine plan for each one. And I pray that that plan would be all the more realized by the end of this call tonight. And Father, I thank you for the power of your word and that your word would uh, be living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing between what is of the spirit and what is of the soul and what is of the flesh. And we thank you for, uh, we thank you that I believe, God, that by the end of this call, there would have come a deliverance. There would have come a separation uh, from as it were, our history, uh, the things that we're not proud of. Uh, There would be a separation from uh, the works of uh, the devil, the things that that he wants to uh, uh, trick us into thinking. I just thank you, Lord, for freedom's sake. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So just got some more coming in. I've just got to keep an eye on that. Uh, Again, welcome. Uh, I've just got a quick message here uh, from, okay, (laughs) all right, I've got someone here from Africa asking for the link. Uh, I've already sent the link, but I'll send it again. I will send it again. Just give me one moment and then we're going to launch into tonight's study. We're looking at number one, salvation and lordship. So I'm just going to turn to the app. And what we're going to do, I'm just going to begin to read. I'm just going to begin to read what's on the app. And uh, at the end, we'll have uh, some Q&A. Okay. All right. So remember, we're believing, we're looking for an encounter, a personal encounter with God. 
And tonight we're looking at subject number one, salvation. So from the notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away, praise God. Behold, all things have become new. That is great news. So from the notes, a new creation, a fresh start. For all of us who have ever wished we could start over, this is good news. However, before we can really appreciate this good news, we need to understand exactly why we need to start over. Why do we need to become a new creation and why do we need salvation? The problem that every, every man has, that every woman has, is that there is a separation uh, between us and our Creator, our Maker, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and that separation is caused from sin. This gap is immeasurable, separating God and man. The cause of this eternal separation between God and man is sin. Have you ever felt distant from God? Of course, we all have. Feeling far from God is very common. Many who, uh, many who sense this vast separation suppose, uh, suppose that if we meditate more or harder, uh, learn more about religion or start going to church and things like that, uh, that we'll begin to feel closer to God. But of course, we need to understand that God is spirit and they who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Uh, the way back to God is not through uh, a physical or an intellectual connection. And so what causes the separation between God and man? In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2, it says, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. But our iniquities, our sins have made a separation between us and our God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The separation between God and man is a moral separation. God is holy and man is not. God is good and man is not. God is just and man is not. All men have sinned. Therefore, all are eternally separated from God and all will suffer the consequences of sin, which is eternal death. Now, the good news, God does not want us to be eternally separated from him. Okay, This is the reason why God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we understand that that is John chapter 3, verse 16. And so Jesus... He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, everyone is looking for the way. What is the way? What's the way to success? How do I have a good marriage? How do I have? Uh, how do I become a good parent? How do I marry? You know, manage my my finances. How do I become successful? Everyone is looking for the way. Okay, Jesus said in John chapter fourteen, verse six, He said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." In Romans chapter uh, 6, uh, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, the solution is God's sacrifice and substitution. The justice of God demands a sacrifice for man's sin. Jesus Christ became that sacrifice and paid the penalty for our sin at the cross. Since God is holy, righteous, and just, he could not allow sin to go unpunished. In actual fact, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the Bible is very clear when it says that uh, the penalty uh, for sin is death. Death Sin demands a penalty, and that penalty is death. In the Old Testament, uh, we understand that if anyone sinned, they needed to sacrifice a lamb or a bull or a goat that was not defected, okay? Uh, that was without spot, without blemish. It had to be perfect, right, to substitute uh, the sins of that person. And in the New Testament, 
Jesus became the Lamb, the Lamb of God. It was John, it was John the Baptist who said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And uh, so let's continue to read. The divine solution to this problem was for Jesus, God's only son, to become the sacrifice for sin. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26 and 28, it says, For then he would have to suffer. He would have had to, if Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, uh, he would have had to repeatedly suffer since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of, of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. And uh, wow, you know, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 26 and 28 is such a power-packed passage. Um, because again, like in the Old Testament, every time somebody sinned, they would have to sacrifice another bull, another goat, another lamb. But this passage is saying that Jesus became a once and for all sacrifice, not only for every sin that had ever uh, been um, recorded in the history, but every sin that's going to be committed today and every sin that's going to be committed in the future. This is a once, right? A once for all offering. Uh, this is what Jesus has done for us. And, uh, and uh, I love it also. I just want to say also, I just want to highlight verse 27. It says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. You know, that particular verse 27 blows reincarnation out of the water. You know, quite often people think that we come back, you know, and we get another chance, and then we get another chance, and we might come back in a male form or a female form or who knows what form. And uh, But the Bible says God is very clear. It's appointed for man to die once and then face judgment. Okay, and um, and again at the end, uh, it says, uh, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, it says he will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, not to die for the sins of the world, because he's already done that once, once and for all. But this time it is to deliver and to save those who are eagerly waiting for his return the bible talks very clearly about the return of jesus christ he is returning many people have said well why hasn't he come already and uh, let me just say that the stage is set for the second uh coming of christ okay the bible says that to begin with he came as a lamb a lamb that was led to the slaughter but when he comes back a second time He's coming back as a lion. So what exactly happened on the cross? Well, through his death on the cross, Jesus took our place of punishment. He exchanged his righteousness for our sin. He took our curse and gave us his blessings. He allowed his back to be whipped, right? Uh, for, the, for the wounds and the sicknesses of men uh, so that we might be healed. Because of his sinless life, Jesus was the only one qualified to pay the penalty for man's sin and to finally bridge the gap between God and man. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who, uh, who is hanged on a tree. Talking about the cross. So the death and the punishment that we uh, ought to have encountered, Jesus took our place on the cross. The result is our salvation 
and our reconciliation. Christ died on the cross so that we could receive forgiveness of our sins, be reconciled to God and have eternal life. We've all sinned against a holy and a righteous God. We've all sinned. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This penalty for sin is eternal separation from God in hell. God is just and must punish sin. We understand that even, uh, you know, in our earthly realm, like just think about, you know, the different laws within our different states. And if we break the road rules, there is a penalty for breaking the law. Well, so it is in God's kingdom. Therefore, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty for sin by dying on the cross. And because of his sinless life, death could not hold Jesus. He was raised from the dead on the third day. In Christ, we experience forgiveness for our sins and eternal life. In him, we are restored to right standing before God and given a new life as his children. In him, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says, We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, according to his riches of grace. In Ephesians 2.13 it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far from God, have now been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so our response uh, our response ought to be to receive this free gift of God by faith. We receive salvation when we stop trusting in ourselves, right? And we start trusting and putting our hope and our trust in what Christ did for us. Our salvation is a result of God's grace. It is based on what Jesus did for us on the cross. It has nothing to do with what we have done, right? Uh, and we cannot save ourselves or earn God's approval through the good things that we do. We are saved by God's grace when we realize we need a Savior, when we turn from our sin and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, putting our trust in Him alone for salvation. It's good news. You know, before I came to know Christ, I was really, uh, I just knew there was something uh, deficient, something broken, something fallen in my life. Just hang on there one moment while I get something for you. It's, uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because uh, when the boys came here, they were having a little bit of a laugh at this. So this is me back in 1987, right? Back in 1987 when I was playing with the Collingwood Football Club. I apologize if I've just lost more than half of the people because I've talked about Collingwood, but we've just been talking about grace. So it's a good test for you. This is on you, okay? This is on you. It's not on me. <laughs> this is entirely on you. Um, so, you know, the reason why I'm showing you that photo because what you see here is an 18-year-old kid who already at this, at this particular time in his life is looking for salvation. I grew up in a Catholic home, a Catholic church and uh, a Catholic home. <laughs> but, um, you know, I knew about God, but I'd never personally encountered God. You know, there's a lot of Christians who hear about Jesus. There are a lot of uh, Christians who are even hanging out with Christian people and going to church. And I'm certainly not saying that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. And hopefully the, uh, the character and uh, the spirit that's on those people is getting on, you know, the person who is seeking. But I just want to say that it's not a church that can save you. Gateway Life Church, uh, you know, by God's grace, I'm the pastor, the founder of Gateway Life Church. Gateway Life Church, that name will not save you. A pastor will not save you. Christian people will not save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. 
okay? And so what you're looking at here is a, is a kid, I know I'm smiling, but I'm lost. I'm so lost and I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for something that is beyond this world because already as an 18 year old, I had pretty much experienced a lot in life and it always left me feeling, you know, empty, empty as uh, I was just looking for hope. And so I just want to say that, you know, I got, I was getting hungrier and hungrier for the things of, uh, for God, looking for true love, looking for truth. Uh, I thought that it was going from one relationship to another. I thought it was about carrying out the desires of the flesh. I thought it was about spiritualism, mysticism, looking at uh, ancient healing techniques. And uh, like uh, Solomon said, all these things had an appearance of wisdom, but they were like trying to grasp the wind. And I just want to say to you that chasing the things of the world is like trying to grasp the wind. I'm not saying don't have goals. I'm not saying don't, you know, pursue this or that. If it's what God has called you to do, and I understand that God has called all of us, you know, to do different things. God is obviously called by God's grace myself to be in ministry. Uh, God has also called others to be in business. Uh, to, you know, even fund the kingdom, the local church. Um, you know, by God's grace, we're believing, believing for our own church building one day. Uh, the building that we're currently in is not our own. Um, we're, you know, believing to, uh, you know, continue our works in Africa and India and, and things like that. Um, but the thing that I'm trying to say is this, that the day that I turned to Jesus with the whole heart and, and confessed my sins to him was the day that I personally encountered him. And I just want to say that a real key to growing in God, okay? And I understand that I'm talking to people. Uh, some of you are new to the faith. Others have been in the faith for a number of years. Others are, you know, hopefully we're all on a journey. I'm still on a journey in my faith. Um, but... One of, the, one of the key qualities you need to grow in God, I believe, is number one, humility. Humility is like the X factor. Humility, a hunger to know him. Jesus said, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they in righteousness being God's right ways, they shall be filled. And I understand too, I feel that the Holy Spirit is tapping me on the shoulder to drop this next statement right now. I know that sometimes it's, it's taken a little while for us, for some of us, to just get a hold of spiritual principles. Can I just say that a part of the reason for that is because a transition is taking place. A transformation is taking place where God is pulling out the heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. Okay. And so sometimes it takes a while for that mind to be renewed. You see, there are some things that God will take care of like that. And then there are some other things that just take a long time to deal with. Why is that? I believe that one of the reasons is because God is wanting to teach us something. You see, if God did everything for us, uh, what are we gonna, you know, what are we gonna really learn? What are, what are we fighting for if God is just doing everything for us? You know, it's not about the destination; it's about the journey. You know, who would you rather talk to in life? If you're someone who wants to know how to get to, you know, Sydney uh, or to another location where, wherever it is that you live, uh, who do you want to talk to? Someone who's done the journey or someone who was only just visited the, that particular location? I know that it would be with the one who has done the journey because then they can also help you to get there. And I want to help you to get there. I want you to know you, I'm talking to you, you have a purpose. You have, God has a great plan for you. And that great plan is discovered in number one, discovering what Jesus has done for us on the cross. If you ever doubt God's love for you, just Google 
uh, a photo of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. Look at Jesus on the cross with his arms outstretched wide, knowing that his, uh, those arms, um, they're extended to you and for you. So your purpose is discovered, number one, in knowing what Jesus has done. Let's remember the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's make Christ, let's put Christ again at the center of our hearts. Let's put Christ again at the head of our lives. Make him the foundation. You know, the name of a church, the name of Gateway Life Church is not above the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. And so when we, when we come to church, when you worship in your own time, worship him above all else. And so, and again, the more you discover who Jesus is, the more you'll discover who you are. When Jesus asked the question of the disciples, he said, he said, Peter, who do people say that I am? And Peter said, oh, you know, Jesus, some say that you're like the prophet Elijah. Uh, some say you're just a healer. Uh, some say, you know, you're like this guy, you're like this Old Testament character. And, uh, and Jesus said, don't, don't worry about what they say. Don't, don't exercise or form an opinion about who I am based on hearsay. Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds out of a personal revelation of who Jesus was in his life. And so Peter says, oh, okay, I understand the question now. He says, Jesus, you are the Christ, the only begotten Son of God. That's who I know you to be, number one. You are the Christ, the Lord and the Savior of the world. And Jesus said, well done. Well done, Peter. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And he said, upon this rock, in other words, upon that revelation, Peter, I'm going to build the church. And I just want to say to you, in that moment, Jesus was talking about a foundation. He said, upon that rock, Peter, I can build. I can build with you, Peter, because you've got the right revelation in the right place. You've got first things first, and that is Christ at the center. I want to ask you, on behalf of Jesus, who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? Now, your response will be based on your personal encounter with him. Uh, it could be, Jesus is the lover of my soul. I've never encountered love like him before. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my deliverer. And all those things would be good. But I'm praying most of all, most of all, that you'll know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, as your soon coming King. You know, one of the things that this whole COVID season has done in the global church, and I know that God is not behind the coronavirus. And the reason why I know that is because there's no virus in heaven. God's not behind the virus on earth. However, God is able to use everything for good. And I really do believe that God has allowed the virus to shake up the church to shake it up and um yeah so I, I really do believe that, that that the external pressure upon the human soul has revealed what's on the inside when you apply pressure to a tube of toothpaste what's on the inside comes out and so and this can also be sin uh perhaps there's someone on the call and uh, I, also, I also want to take this opportunity to welcome uh, Pastor Dixon Hayoko and uh, all of my African brothers and sisters there in Buzia County, uh, Kenya. God, uh, God bless you. So good to see you. Uh, yeah, every blessing there. Look at that. That's wonderful. So good to see you. And so I just want to say that if you find the external pressures of life, uh, relationally, financially, if you have found the external pressures cause something on the inside of you to come out that you're ashamed of, that you're not happy about, 
can I just remind you in that moment that that's exactly why Jesus came? And what the devil would love is for you to feel condemned and guilty and darkened in your soul and down and depressed. But this is why we're looking at subject number one tonight, which is salvation, because Jesus came to die for our sins, our condemnation, our guilt and our shame. He came to remove it all. And so if you find yourself in a place that where you've just sinned, where you're ashamed, you feel guilty because perhaps you said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing. Can it just be a reminder that we need Jesus, that we still need Jesus? Don't let the fact that you've sinned uh, cause you to shrink back or, you know, walk away from Christ. Let it cause you to run to him and say, Jesus, I still need you. I thank you that you came and died for my sins. And we're going to pray in just a moment. I want to give everyone the opportunity uh, to respond. In fact, we're going to do that right now. You see, since we've heard now uh, about, you know, uh, subject number one, salvation, it's time now to respond to the gospel. And one of my favorite passages, it's so, so good. It says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So that's good news. That's great news. In 1 John chapter uh, 1, it talks about how it talks about how if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all wrongdoing. And I feel the Holy Spirit tapping me on the shoulder to also say, yeah, but what if I just feel like I'm too far gone? What if I just feel like there's no hope for me? What if I just find myself repeating the same old sins and I just think to myself, I shouldn't even be dealing with this right now. I've been dealing with the same old addiction, the same old sin for so many years, and I just feel like there's no hope for me. Well, let me just exercise some straight talk and say to you that you need to now repent for your unbelief and for your pride. Because what you're actually saying by making that kind of, having that kind of belief, having that kind of confession, what you're saying is, God, thank you for your sacrifice but I'm afraid that your sacrifice is not big enough to cover my sin. Your grace might be deep, God, but your grace is not as deep as the addiction in my heart. And the Bible says that that is actually unbelief and that is pride and you need to humble yourself again. The way that you do that is just come to a whole new place of surrender and say, you know what, God? I'm just sick of myself. I'm sick of my own efforts. I'm sick of trying to work this out. I've obviously, God, been trying to do this in my own strength. I've been trying to do it by good works. And that's been the problem. You've been trying to do this because of pride, because of self-righteousness. And God is trying to He's reaching out to you even now and he's saying, you can't do this. You can't talk your way out of this. You can't negotiate yourself out of sin. It's too deep. It's too big. And I just thank God that where sin is deep, love and grace is deeper. Where sin is wide, where sin is high, love and grace is wider and higher. You can't outdo God. The blood of Jesus Christ covers every sin. There is not one sin God's love and grace can't cover. And my friend, that's good news. That is good news. And so if you want to have a closer relationship with God, you've got to have a closer relationship with God's Word. I think it's about time that maybe someone starts reading God's Word. Okay, start reading it. And, uh, you know, if you're struggling to read God's Word, just read the Gospels, read the Gospels, read the Gospels. Read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. 
get them in your get them in your heart get them in your heart get them in your heart you know it was really funny because earlier uh as you can see ace is a fine specimen <laughs> and so is eddie eddie's a fine specimen but ace has been out this a little bit longer and so we were talking about how much we love broccoli like ace and i we just love broccoli eddie likes broccoli he likes it but we love it we love it but once upon a time i didn't love broccoli i didn't love it i'd go for the the burger the, the candy blah 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 but now i'll push the candy away because my body craves now the broccoli wasn't like that to begin with the transition took place as i applied the principle and god's god's word works when you work it the principles work when you work it but i want to ask you do you really want to work it or are you just playing games do you just hope that god will do something on your behalf you know i really do believe that god will meet us as long as we're surrendering god will make up where we lack but he's not going to do something for us that he knows we can do for ourselves so this is where we've got to be mature this is where we've got to be responsible and uh what i want to do now is move on to subject number two which talks about lordship and at the end we're going to pray and uh so subject number one salvation subject number two is lordship acts chapter 2 verse 36 says let all the house of israel therefore know for certain that god has made him both lord and christ this jesus whom you crucified now lordship let me tell you something i've, I've been a christian now uh, since uh, June 18, 1989, and uh, I've seen a lot in that time. And Lordship is where it's at. Lordship is one of the central messages of the Bible. Jesus referred to, uh, Jesus is referred to as Lord 99 times in the book of Acts, 616 times in the whole of the New Testament, while being referred to as Savior only twice in Acts and 24 times in the New Testament. Lordship and salvation, my friends, this is the starting point of salvation. Uh, which is to acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. You see, we're confessing Jesus as Lord, okay? Which implies, implies submission to his Lordship in every area of our lives. If Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Salvation is an all-in or nothing proposal. Again, in Romans chapter 10, verse 19, it says, If you confess with your mouth that, mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We're coming to a close real soon for this call, on this call. And I always want to honor the time every Wednesday night for the next four weeks, including tonight. Jesus also said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? This is where the rubber hits the road, my friends. On the last day, on Judgment Day. This is, this is actually Christianity 101. On the last day, many will say, But Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We did miracles. We prophesied. Uh, Lord, I was a pastor. Lord, I led a life group. Lord, I was a ministry team leader. And Jesus is going to say to many on that day, which I don't like to say, I wish it didn't say many. He's going to say, go away. I didn't even know who you were. Why is he going to say that? He's going to say that because there was no relationship. He was Savior, but he wasn't Lord. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, it says, and if you want to read a sobering passage, read Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Lordship begins in their heart. 
Submitting to Christ as Lord is not about following a set of religious rules and traditions. It's not about attending Gateway Life Church services. Rather, Lordship is a matter of the heart. Lordship begins as an internal submission of the heart. If it is genuine, it will eventually manifest itself in outward obedience. Lordship is a continuous walk. We begin our Christian life by acknowledging that Jesus is Lord, but we must continue to walk under his Lordship for the rest of our lives. Lordship is not having a one-time experience with God and then going and doing our own thing. Lordship is about developing a lifetime walk with God. The more we know him, the more we want to submit to him. Therefore, it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Let's begin to slow down the pace. I want everyone to know that God loves you. God loves you. And that's great news. What's also great news is this. God's not looking for perfection. He doesn't expect you to be perfect because he already understands that we're not. He understands that we've all sinned, fallen short of his standards, and every single one of us recognize that we're deficient. In actual fact, one of the issues that perhaps some of us, if not most of us, have is that we focus on our brokenness. We focus on our mistakes. We're focused, we focus on where we're deficient instead of focusing on God's word and what he's done. Sometimes we focus on what we did, what we've done, that mistake, that sin, instead of focusing on what Jesus has done, that he died upon the cross. That's just good news. And all God is looking for is for us to be humble, uh, for us to be honest, to be transparent, for us to say, well, I thank God that you know, even though I may not be all that I ought to be, I thank God that I'm not what I used to be. I've grown. I've moved forward. And even if the progress is slow, slow progress is better than no progress. And God is looking for fruit. And now what I want to guarantee you is this. I want to guarantee you this. Just like, you know, once upon a time, I would not crave broccoli, <laughs> but through the application now, I crave good food and things like that. I guarantee you that if you begin to apply God's word and allow it to become seed in your heart, as you allow it to seed your heart, like you've allowed it tonight, you see, you've all positioned yourself, right? And you've allowed God's word to be sown upon your heart. If you begin now to cultivate that, to steward it, to nurture it. Uh, I know that Julia Gleason has uh, recently taken uh, a great interest in just, uh, you know, growing vegetables, growing plants and flowers and things like that. And she's beginning to, <laughs> she's like laughing. And, uh, and she's beginning to see, I've seen some of her posts on her stories as she's like showing us some of the growth, some of the fruit of uh, the application right she's like wow look the thing that i've been sowing the thing that i've been laboring is now producing something you'll begin to produce fruit more fruit and much fruit and that word is for everyone you just got to begin to apply the principles and it'll work for you the word will work if you work it we've got six minutes left i want to give someone the opportunity now to make Jesus their Lord and their Savior. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Um, and I know that, you know, we're all, we all love Jesus. We all love him. But perhaps there's an area where that we need to surrender a little bit more. Okay. And if that's you, then I want to invite you to pray a prayer after me. And uh, why don't we do that? Just pray it from your heart. There's nothing, nothing magic about the words that I'm going to lead you in. The power is what's happening in your heart. And are you ready? And I really do believe that you're ready. Okay, you might not even understand why you're ready. You just know you're ready for this. You're ready to take the next step. So if that's you, just pray 
this prayer after me, okay? Pray it from your heart. Pray it from your heart. Are you ready? Dear Father in heaven, now you pray. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I'm not perfect, but I thank you that you are. And I ask you, please be my Lord and my Savior. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me. Be my Lord and Savior. To be the person you've created me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you for every single person on this call because, Lord, they're here because they want to learn. They want to grow. They're here because they're interested. And I thank you, Lord. It's not me that they've come to. It's not me that they've come to. Lord, I really do believe they're coming to you. They're coming to your word. And I pray that tonight, Lord God, the the words that uh, I have spoken from your word, I thank you that they would take root in every heart and that each uh, heart will produce uh, a great harvest, that there will be fruit, more fruit and much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. So I want to thank you for uh, joining uh, us here tonight. It's been really great to see, uh, obviously, so many familiar faces. Um, great to meet, uh, uh, great to meet uh, Philip from Tasmania. God bless you, man. First time we've spoken tonight. First time we've seen each other, and uh, that's wonderful. I just want to bless you, man. God bless you so much. And uh, you know, anything and everything that you've been through. And, and, and anyone else on this call has been through. God is turning around for good in Jesus' name. And uh, just really great to see Trav and Joe uh, as well. Uh, God bless you guys and Bendigo. They're getting married soon. God bless you. Woo! Yes, so good. So good. And uh, Michael Mitchell there in Swan Hill. And all of our brothers Thanks, in guys. Africa. All of our brothers there in Africa and Kenya. And uh, there's Fayida and Patrick and some of our youth. And it's just wonderful. So, yeah. And uh, hi, Fayida. Good to see you. Hope you had a great uh, African life group. God bless you, sister. You are an absolute powerhouse. Well, let me just tell you what's next. So we're going to get together again next uh, Wednesday night from 7 o'clock to 8. We're going to look at another couple of subjects um, I also want you to know, because tonight really what, what I'm doing, I'm just, this is like a discipleship course. I'm wanting to stir up your faith. I'm not just wanting to, you know, just tick boxes here. I'm wanting there to be a transformation in your faith. So I understand there's really been no opportunity for Q&A. And so if any of you have any questions at all, or would like to talk more, then please message me and I'll respond as soon as I can, okay? Uh, if you're looking for something extra uh, or prayer or something like that, the way that we can maximize our opportunity is for me to personally you know, speak to you uh, if you've got a question that you'd like to discuss. Um, otherwise, uh, we have a, a water baptism class. We're gonna talk a little bit about baptism uh, for the next two weeks okay particularly water baptism because we've got a water baptism service on the last sunday of uh, this month at gateway and uh, so anyway if anyone's got any questions about that we can talk over the next few weeks so um, i think uh, the only other thing i want to say is uh, just to remind you that we're looking at a series at the moment called thanksgiving uh, this is the eighth year in a row that we've looked at this series and uh, it's such a powerful subject. You know, I believe that when Thanksgiving goes up, heaven comes down. So remember to be thankful, exercise Thanksgiving. There's a great atmosphere around people who are thankful. And so 
Um, yeah, hopefully you can join us this Sunday, either on site or online. If you'd like to know more about the vision of Gateway, again, just send me a message. And uh, if you want to know more about our, our building fund or anything like that, uh, once again, just let me know. And uh, well, I'm happy to talk it over. Anything uh, that's important to you is important to us. So it's eight o'clock. We're going to honor the time. I'm now going to close in prayer and end this call. So let's pray. You ready? Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you again for this time. And, uh, Lord, I believe it's a divine time. And uh, may it, may uh, I pray that it's been an inspiring time where people's hearts and faith have been stirred uh, to know you like uh, the Apostle Paul said. I want to know nothing else except Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection in Jesus' name. One final word. The more you want to know Jesus and the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you fall in love with his purpose for people. If you want to know one of the keys to uh, what has sustained me, you know, in these 20 years of ministry, it's exactly what I just said. What has caused me to rise above you know, rejection and, uh, and all kinds of things that we encounter in the faith and in ministry. It's loving what Jesus loves. The more you get to know him, the more you want to serve him and the more you want to love and serve people. That's why the core values of Gateway are to love and serve. So God bless you so much. I want to say thank you. Asante, Sana, Karibu, my brothers and sisters from Kenya, Busia, Africa, God bless you all. And thanks for joining us. I'm going to uh, just end the call now and enjoy the rest of your evening. God bless you. I love you and see you either on site or online. Thanks, guys. I really God appreciate it. Jason. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good night. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You, Paolo. Paolo. Ase Paolo. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you. Paolo. Asante, Sana. Asante. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.